You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. Now, here's Green Biz Executive Editor, Joel McCower. What is the connection between the mindsets of corporate leaders and successful sustainability strategies? A new study by Avastone, an international consultancy focusing on leadership and organizational effectiveness, set out to answer that question. Avastone interviewed 10 global corporations currently in the process of moving to a higher stage of sustainability. Their study found that it isn't a lack of systems and activities that limits company success, but rather a scarcity of what it calls higher capacity leaders. I sat down with Avastone's Cynthia McEwen, co-author of the report, to learn more about what it takes for a corporate leader to succeed at sustainability. Cynthia, thanks for talking to us. Tell me about the report, what you set out to do, and how it all came to be. I'd be happy to around the, about the study and the report, Joel. Well, Avastone is, has worked as organizational consultants for over 20 years, in particular on the people side of the business. And we work in the areas of executive and leadership development and organizational change. And several of the leaders, key leaders at Avastone, myself being included, have a real genuine care and love for the area of sustainability. So we started getting involved in conferences and through some formal education programs and even doing some client work. Once we got under the tent, we saw and got a sense for this kind of great green wave that's in motion. We found out there's a really there's a lot happening. There's a lot of different approaches. There's there's a lot of activity. It's somewhat messy. There's a lot of noise and arrows going in all directions. And we noticed there's a particular heavy emphasis on the technical and the systems side of sustainability. So this really prompted us to want to understand what's being done sustainability-wise by some of the best global companies in the world and to find out what can be learned from them in a coherent way. So we decided to sponsor an initial qualitative study, and our approach was to take a deeper, more personal look at corporate sustainability and by interviewing and listening to real people doing the real work. And so we interviewed um, 10 global companies. They represent a range of industries like food and textiles, high-tech, pharmaceuticals, industrial consumer products, metals and mining, transportation. All 10 of the companies have an orientation to sustainability. They varied in size in terms of global revenues. In fact, eight of the companies are in the $11 billion to $40 billion range, and they varied in age. Some of them were younger companies, like 30 years old, but most have been around and been in business for quite a long time, 100 years and even going back longer. So we did a study. We hired an uh, outside research firm to ensure really good methodology. And I conducted the personal interviews uh, one-on-one on the phone with company officers, vice presidents or directors of sustainability or corporate responsibility from each company. So what was interesting about this is that you were not looking at their, uh, necessarily at their sustainability or environmental initiatives so much as the, the patterns of, as you call it, patterns of the mind that shape the company's uh, ability to, to be effective in supporting whatever environmental or sustainability commitments they have. Tell, tell me a little bit about what that really means, what you were trying to find out. 
Well, what we were trying to find out, what we looked at, what we were interested in, um, first and foremost, we wanted to look at the direction and the progress. So where are these companies heading and what's their progress? And so we looked at that in a particular way. Um, we actually used a side-by-side comparative framework, and we were able to plot them or map them on that. But in addition to that, uh, to your question, what we were interested in was um, what are the mindsets of the business leaders and how do those mindsets influence where a business is heading? And how do those leaders' mindsets help or hinder their progress? And so we started to explore the nature of mindsets in a way that's never been done in the sustainability field. Well, why don't you explain what mindset is? Because I'm not sure everybody really understands exactly what that means. I think that's a great question. Um, mindsets, simply, simply put, are interior patterns of mind. So it's something that can't be seen. They're frames of reference from which a person sees the world, reasons, and makes meaning. Now, what's been missing, and what, um, because the word, the term mindset is used in the sustainability field here and there, but what's been missing is an understanding that there are stages of mindsets or a series of differentiated mindsets, you know, milestones, if you will. And, you know, stages of development, there's nothing new there. Corporations go through stages, um, and the nature of human development has been studied, particularly around leadership. And researchers have discovered these distinct stages of leader mindsets that go from early stages to later stages. And each one of them has a theme, if you will, or a tendency around how a person makes meaning and then how they respond. So give us an example of of a mindset or two and how that might affect sustainability. Okay. Well, each one, each mindset stage has a different, um, they have different capacities and they expand. The capacities expand. There's a particular framework um, that we work with that's called the Leadership Development Framework, and it actually has six distinct mindsets, and I'll just talk about a few of them with you. But they're representative of the adult population, especially in business and especially leaders. And so a couple of these would be, a couple of of them would be, one is called an expert. And this is a person who demonstrates a specialist knowledge or expertise. So they know the answer, if you will. And what they contribute in sustainability are really strong tactical ideas and solutions. So that would be an expert. The next one that has a higher vantage point is an achiever, and the achiever is someone who wins the game. And they achieve goal-driven success. They can, in sustainability, they can optimize strategic outcomes of current systems or a single, like a single business system, whether it's local or global. And then a third one would be the individualist, and this is somebody who starts to really recognize that there's relativism of positions and the way we see things. And they start to question the underlying assumptions of the business. And they can actually compare different systems with each other. So they're going beyond just a single business system and starting to compare systems. So those are three examples. So uh, how many mindsets do you have altogether? Uh, The framework that we work with uh, has six. And are you saying that some of these are better suited to help drive sustainability throughout an organization, or do we need all six of them to be successful? The answer to your question is both. Some of them are better suited. For example, when I talked about this individualist who can compare systems, um, 
how that would play out, for example, would be if um, those, are, those are the kind of people who are starting to really, they, they are adapting and some breaking some rules, um, inventing new ones, and they're bringing a greater awareness of other world views to bear. So they can start to compare and contrast systems. And when we start to, if we go back and look at sustainability, um, the framework that we use to compare these 10 companies um, had five stages or gears, Joel, and they go from a very beginning stage to a very complex stage. So those five gears um, go in that direction. These um, later stage mindsets are more suited to be able to see. They have the vantage point that they can see and make business, see as business relevant some of these very advanced stages of, of corporate sustainability. So some of the mindsets are better suited towards uh, different aspects of leadership, or, or, or are we looking for uh, top management to have one of you know one or two of the specific mindsets as it, seeing them as being more uh, uh, suitable for that kind of uh, initiative? Well, what um, what it would be an ideal situation would be to have a uh, management team that's comprised of a, of a range of mindsets and and also has some of these more later stage mindsets as part of that that makeup because those those folks that kind of a mindset does have a vantage point so each of the different mindsets have have different vantage points and they make different contributions so all have inherent value and yet the vantage point of some of the later stages mindsets are more well suited to the complexities that are coming online in more complex corporate sustainability challenges. So give us an example of how this works in, in a real company. One of the ten that you uh, looked at and inter- talk about how uh, mindsets played out to, to help or hinder uh, a company's progress uh, in, in sustainability. Probably one of the best examples I might be able to give um, have to do with is in the um, looking at, like, let's say, let's start it with um, an auto industry, if you will, and that um, this is a project that is sponsored by World Wildlife Fund UK, and it's called One Planet Business, and they have a specific project around personal mobility. And so what they're doing is um, linking automobile companies, say Ford Motor Company, um, which is one level, so that's one system, if you will, and they're linking it to the sector, the, the impact of the sector, which is an, a second level or a second system, which is then being linked up to the aggregate impact of global human demand for mobility, which is another system, another level, and then linking that up to planetary environmental limits and realities around materials and emissions and so on. So what we're finding is that some of these later stage mindsets have the ability to actually see those linked systems in a way that some of the others don't. Some of the others really are operating specifically at the auto industry or the auto company level and they're optimizing the current system. They might be embedding sustainability deeply, working into the supply chain, um, working through policy. We saw, I got feedback from 
interview companies that are working through policy and business systems. Um, they're working through people and planting people. Um, and those are really important efforts to be making. Yet, um, if later stage mindsets have this ability to link that system to the sector system, to the human global consumption system, all the way up to the planetary system. So how, how do companies act on this information that you've uh, discerned in, in your study, in your report? What, what, is this something that people can change? Companies can say, we need more people of different mindsets, or we need to change our overall mindset, or how does this play out in day-to-day business? Well, how it, can, how it plays out in day-to-day business is that uh, what's being called for are what's being called for are in greater numbers are leaders with mindsets that can see all all five you know that can see all the complexity of sustainability as business relevant, and so how it can play out is a company can either they can they just need to engage as many they need to understand have a basic understanding of mindsets. So they could identify what's an operation in their organization. Where, what mindset do they have? What are the current lead, um, the leaders in play? And then they can also look at a sustainability framework and look at that in light of the mindsets that are in play and how, do, how are those two informing each other. And then the classic business, make or buy. I mean, mindsets can be brought in from the outside and they can be developed, Joel. So um, no matter where they are, having more, having an understanding of mindsets and then bringing in um, some later stage, and even one later stage mindset makes a difference. You mentioned before that you talked about uh, creating sort of five gears um, that companies uh, are in or can be in potentially in their uh, progression along the sustainability continuum. And the highest of those is Gear 5, that you said is one that no company, certainly none of the 10 companies that you interviewed, had achieved. Talk a little bit about what that is, what Gear 5 is, and and why that's so important. Yeah, that is important. Um, Let me just quickly step through the first four. The first one is called Compliance. That's regulation and philanthropy. The second one is Volunteer. It's Impact Reduction. The third one is called partner, and that's really some proactive risk management, reputation, and brand building. The fourth one is integrate, and that's where sustainability really finds its home strategically, and companies are really embedding in business processes. And this fifth gear is called redesign, and that's systems change that's happening, including the redesign of markets, of governance, of you know institutional frameworks. That's where we're starting to change business models and bring in new ways of working and living. And the importance of that, that fifth gear, is, the, is its reach. This is where real scale is actually going to happen, scale in terms of some of the systems changes that need to happen to root out what's supporting unsustainability and change these systems so they actually drive and support sustainability. And I have a great quote that I think really represents this well. It's, um, from a gentleman named Andre Foray from the National Business Initiative in South Africa. And Andre says, quote, the corporate responsibility movement forces companies into thinking, what am I doing? They think more about what goes into their GRI report than how they connect to systems change. Yet ultimately, this is not about reducing CO2 emissions by 1%, 
but about helping build a system that reduces society's total emissions by 60%. And that's fifth gear redesign activity. It's redesigning those systems. So do you think an individual company, even a big company, a billion, billions of dollars in revenue, can uh, itself affect the system, or does it say something else needed, uh, regula- regulation or some other kind of influence for that to happen? Well, it's a combination of things that, that fifth redesign gear, Joel. It's really business is a player, but it does inv- it's a player with governance. It's a player with civil society and NGOs. It's a player with these multilateral organizations, but it does involve itself in trying to reshape the rules of these games. So what does success look like if uh, a significant number of companies get, achieve, or, or arrive at in fifth gear? I, I think success would look like um, it, it would be similar to, uh, in industry-specific, it would be similar to the, um, the personal mobility example I gave earlier, where a company is doing all that it can to be strategic about sustainability and embed it and operationalize it within their own business and their supply chains, while at the same time they're stepping it up and looking at the sector, they're stepping it up again, and they're looking at human consumption, global consumption of their products and services worldwide, and then they're stepping it up to see the impact of that on our our ecology, our planetary ecology, and what some of the limitations and realities are there, and then working to redesign the systems that can make all of those connections work well and work with the, within each other. So... If I'm uh, a business leader or uh, a business student who wants to be a business leader, how should I be thinking about this? Uh, what are some of the uh, things I need to be doing or, or, or positioning myself to help my organization or for future organization I'll work for achieve the, the kinds of success that you're talking about? Well, I would start with understanding and applying a, a sustainability framework like the gears that we just talked about and to, re- to remember that the upper, the upper gears, the upper reach really matters. So whether um, someone is, you know, at the earlier stages in their sustainability efforts, you know, maybe those stage that what their efforts are, are incremental at this point or they might have some fragmentation, having an understanding of this kind of framework, especially with its upper reach, helps them to understand the whole and so they can leapfrog in and build a more integrated approach, having this, this really nice scale and reach in mind, knowing that it's a journey and it's going to take some time to get there. So I would really work with some kind of a framework like that. And I would also get a real good understanding of mindsets. And um, because they're, it's, not real, it's actually not a nice-to-know idea. They're at play in sustainability and in sustainability efforts, whether they're recognized or not. So they can be cultivated and leveraged. And research is showing that leaders with these later stage mindsets just are more effective, they have more impact, and they create more dollars and cents results. So I would get an understanding of mindsets, getting an understanding of a sustainability framework, and look at them in terms of how they, how they um, relate to one another. Great, Cynthia. There's a lot to think about here, and I'm sure that listeners uh, will want to download the report. Um, Cynthia McEwen from Avistone Consulting, thanks so much for taking the time to talk. It's my pleasure, Joel. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com. <laughs>